0: Good morning to you. Welcome into the action line from WGNs. A little bit cool outside. It's twenty degrees, and Murfreesboro Mayor Don is. Uh... <laughs> Boy, I don't know where my mind is. This morning.
1: Hey, that's all right.
0: <laughs> it's good to have you with us this morning, Shane. <laughs> Great
1: to be here. Twenty-three nice it's that, that degrees, degrees outside. It. Good that, lord, that makes it that way. I t- that is cold, you know. Uh, I, it, it, yes. There's no. There's no getting around it.
0: And so uh, we're we're looking now at the point where we're looking forward to spring.
1: That's right. <laughs> and getting
0: ready to run again. That's right. Uh, have you done any running?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I was out of town the last two days so i got to got to run while i was out of town and yeah so yeah been able to to try to stay active but a whole lot more indoor stuff than outdoor stuff
0: well thank goodness for our greenway systems and things of that sort
1: yeah we've got uh you know lots of cool things that are happening you know inside the city with the parks and rec department just received a grant from blue cross blue shield uh over three quarters three Three-quarters of a million dollars uh, that uh, we'll be able to upgrade and, and uh, fix our playground out at Barfield. So lots of lots of good things happened. I had the polar bear plunge this weekend. That was a good one. Yep. I didn't uh, participate in that this year, but uh, you know, as you get older, I don't like getting cold. Uh, this was a
0: definitely cold day. Yeah,
1: I remember when I did that with Doug Young one year that um, there was snow and ice on the pool deck. I mean, it was done. Went to
0: every one oh, of them. Oh, you those. never miss one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, this was a, a big one this year, and, and a lot better participation than anticipated. Good. Yeah, a uh, hundred and something folks jumped. Oh, that's great. Very cold, folks. Yeah, oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, I saw <laughs> that the, like the outdoor temperature was thirty six, and the the indoor te- or the water temperature was like forty four, forty five. Yeah. So interesting. No, thank you.
0: Well, the uh, city council is going to be having a joint meeting starting. Uh, this morning, as a matter of fact, over at the new Murfreesboro Airport.
1: Yeah, we're we're having a meeting in the new terminal building that that was finished about um, three or four months ago. So there's a there's a community room over there that's set up to be able to televise, and we're going to be talking about growth. Uh, we're, we're we've got you know our it's our regularly scheduled Wednesday workshop or special meeting, but we're going to talk about. Um, The water and sewer ordinance you know we passed that sewer capacity ordinance December 17th last year so we're going to talk about that this year talk about what we've seen over the last year and then um, based on some of the discussions the council's had over the last really six eight months um, you know I think several council members have, have said this that they want us to really have a discussion that we can all of us get on the same page and you know if there's one person or two people who, you know, don't feel a certain way, we're going to come to a consensus today on, you know, for example, what we feel on the, on the sewer capacity ordinance. You know, I, I think it's good to be able to talk about discussions on, you know, where do we see development and, and annexation in the upcoming uh, years. And, you know, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So, we're, And we're meeting with the planning uh, commission at the same time, which we've not done that in a while.
0: And I understand in addition to the Planning Commission, you'll have some city employees there also, so a lot of information can be passed.
1: Yeah, the planners will be there. We'll have, you know, of course, our city manager will be there. The legal people will be there. It, it really is just going to end up being a collaboration of one of the things that it's really tough being an elected official, especially being a part-time elected official. And Tennessee's different because of the Sunshine Law. It's not like that we get to sit down and, you know, if you're an elected official, Bart, I can say, hey, Bart, what do you think about this? What direction do you think we should go? We, we can't do that. And so we don't get to really have a lot of time that we have these substantive conversations to to give staff direction. And, you know, whenever our our team does not have a a good consensus on what the overall council wants to do that that's tough on on staff to know hey this is the direction i think the councils want us to go so hopefully that'll be a good uh, productive conversation today now will this be televised on channel three it will be you know i think that's one of the things with covid that hopefully we get away from this year and um from a standpoint of that, you know, people can get back to coming to the meetings, but most everything now is very accessible through our multimedia platforms that, you know, people can watch online. It'll be televised on Facebook Live. Uh, There's not really a good excuse not to be able to watch it if you don't want to watch it.
0: So that's going to be on Channel 3 starting at 1130 this morning live from the Murfreesboro Airport. Now, yeah. this is exciting. That airport, we've taken a tour of the place. And what a beautiful addition to our community. Tell us, uh, yeah. it's been there now
1: open for, what, a few months? Yeah, it, it opened up, uh, I want to say it was towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, third quarter of last year. We, we made the decision, and um, there's not many things I can take credit for and i'm not taking credit for this but you know my boys were playing uh, soccer over at mcknight park and you know this started probably four or five years ago my my little one we would go over and um watch the planes at the airport and we would go to the terminal. And, you know there was like a little picnic table and so drew and i would just sit there while the boys were practicing soccer and he got hung on this old chain link fence that we had out there so the next day, I you know I talked to the city manager at the time. I'm like, hey, you know, what's our plan with with the airport? Because you know this building was built in 1950, and it looked like it was built in 1950, and we haven't hadn't done much maintenance or much renovation on it, and so that really just you know started the conversation of do we want that to be the front door of of our community as far as from that, from the aviation community and, you know, your general general aviation airports are extremely important to the uh, vitality of a city because you have so many people who come in and out of your city for various reasons and not to mention that we have, you know, MTSU with one of the top uh, aerospace programs in the country and that was not really fitting to what, you know, we have in Murfreesboro. So we went through, this whole process of starting to build this building and um you know to his credit Gary Whitaker really took that over Gary's one of our assistant city managers and Gary took that over and our initial budget you know came in at like eight or nine million dollars and Gary whittled that where it was less than half of that to be able to get you know the building that you see and MTSU's leased a portion of it to have classroom space there and there's community space and um it's just a it's a it's a first-class facility, and now you're starting to see, you know, TDK built a new hangar there um, at a flight-based operation where Vanderbilt Life Flight is based. You've got people who are talking about new hangars being built, runway extensions, ramp extensions, and it's really uh, a happening place out there. The council voted about a month and a half ago for a new hangar and corporate extension for Steve Jones Aviation. Uh, Steve's one of the largest if not the preeminent uh, refurbished company for uh, Navajo planes in the country. I mean he's he's world I didn't realize yeah. how
0: big that is. Yeah,
1: and he's you know he's here in Murfreesboro. So there's a lot of cool things that are happening out there.
0: And one thing that I'd never really thought about, of course, you realize that a lot of people who are coming into that airport are flying in to look at Murfreesboro as a place to invest money, a place to put their corporate headquarters or move their businesses. But what I did not think about is Murfreesboro or any of these airports is also a place that uh, people come in as a hub maybe they're going to go to Nashville and look at Nashville as a place to invest money Uh, but they have to see Murfreesboro first but I didn't realize uh, that it's the pilot that oftentimes makes the decision of where they land do they land in Murfreesboro do they land in Smyrna do they land in Nashville and they land where they get Treated the best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, Bart. I don't know if I told you this. I haven't told many people, but you know, through, um, through the pandemic, uh, you know, as you get older, you want to challenge yourself to be studying or doing something that you go to a goal. You know, as as a competitive person, you know, when you're not training for athletic events or marathons or whatever, you want to keep your mind fresh. So. Anyway, I started in um, February of last year um, working on obtaining my pilot's license. And so I've learned all kinds of stuff. And really, until about 30 days ago, had never taken off or landed at the Murfreesboro Airport. I was, you know, taking my lessons out of of Smyrna. But I've learned so much about, and this is before, you know, this is after we've done all the stuff at the airport. But I've learned how important that a, a... an airport is to your community from the standpoint of economic generation um just families that come in and out of out of here based in murfreesboro you wouldn't believe how many people own planes around you know the mid-state or the south who fly into murfreesboro because they you know they're they have business here so it's it's really been interesting to see how important the aviation industry is not only to murfreesboro but to rutherford county i mean smyrna has the largest airport in rutherford county they've got a runway that's almost eighty eight hundred feet so you can it's larger than some of the nashville airports um and, so and
0: it's a, maybe second or third largest in the whole state Yeah,
1: it's a it's <laughs> yeah you know they've got two runways there um that i mean your larger planes are going to be flying into into smyrna but it, it's really interesting to see the, the number of local airports that we have around our communities that, uh, and I'm not just talking about Murfreesboro, I mean, just all over the Mid-State.
0: So we're very fortunate to have what we have here in Murfreesboro. Uh, let's talk a little more about this workshop that's coming up uh, this morning yeah. over at the airport uh, with your water and sewer capacity ordinance. Tell us a little more about what what does that deal yeah. with?
1: In December of last year, we had the discussion, and this really went before that. We had the discussion to talk about you know our resource of, of sewer on, I should say, how much of that service we have here in Murfreesboro. And it's really technical, but we have 18 different basins inside the city of Murfreesboro. So if you live what on... Is, what is a basin? A basin is where when you flush your toilet, that's where the, the, through gravity and pumps that everything goes to a certain area. And then that area from there goes to our wastewater treatment facility. And 18, you know, we have 18 of those and there are four or five inside the city that are at full capacity. rutherford boulevard is a great one we just do not have sewer capacity in that area and and a lot of that has to do with you know not only are we are we treating what you put you know you run through your sink or what you run through your house but we also treat you know rainwater we 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 treat stormwater runoff that that goes through a portion of our sewer system so um what we have to make sure is that when you flush the toilet, it's not going to come back up in the street. I mean, that is not something that any of us uh, want to have that that desire to, to do that. So we go- we went through and we studied all these basins to come up with what was appropriate density inside the city. So, you know, our zoning, for example, may say you can build six units per acre. You can build six houses or townhomes or whatever per acre. We went through an entire study to really come up to say, okay, this is what You know, you can build single family. This is what you can build townhomes. This is what you can build apartments. And um, I want to be clear, and I think this is something that when we talk about sewer, we don't have a sewer issue inside the city of Murfreesboro. We have a discharge issue. We, you know, upgraded – four or five years ago, we upgraded our our wastewater plant. It was about a $38 million investment. So, you know, Bart, when we process wastewater – Um, We treat that, and that turns into affluent or what's called repurified water. Well, we discharge that water either into the West Fork or the East Fork of the Stones River. We're mandated by the federal government and the state government on how much we can discharge into those those streams or rivers. So that's why we have the Jordan Farm. We have the Coleman Farm. We irrigate the Gateway. We have all these things, the, the golf course, that we spray reused water. Well, you can, we don't get a credit. We don't get credit for a lot of that. So what happens is we start managing the growth that we have in our community, and we have to say, okay, we can only discharge this amount. So if we approve a lot of developments, then we have to be able to make sure that 10 years from now that we we can do that. So I think we, you know, inadvertently we created this narrative that we have this huge problem in Murfreesboro on sewer, and, you know, that's just not the case. I mean, it may be the case 10 years from now, But it's not the case right now. And um, so that's really what we're going to have to talk about is, you know, new technology is going to come along. Um, There's going to be different resources, the federal government and the state government. We have a meeting with the governor's office we're working on to talk about getting credit for, you know, spray use irrigation. I mean, like a great example would be. You know, if a, if a developer wants to get a little more density, then we can say, hey, you've got to irrigate all of the lawns in your subdivision with the repurified water, and you have to use a drip system. So that way we get 100% credit. So there are all these things that go into it that that's what we're going to talk about.
0: Now, you mentioned about these basins, which when you, after you described that, I'd never heard that term before. Yeah. Uh, That basically determines, it sounds like, how many
1: people can live in a certain neighborhood. Well, it's a, I mean, think about the old timey basin that, you know, used to be in the rooms and people would wash their hands. Well, you can only put so much water in that basin but now
0: that water doesn't stay there does it no
1: it goes but the issue is we have to be able to plan that that basin cannot overflow because if it overflows then bad things happen when a basin gets full so in other words if you've got a basin that you already know is at capacity and you allow more development to come into that basin then you're setting not only the city up you're setting the residents up for for failure and that's really you know one of our basins that um, that we're going to learn about today the highway 99 basin you know based on what has been approved out there there's we're starting to get on the borderline of having a capacity issue in that basin but that shouldn't I, you know my opinion I don't think that should affect someone who lives out on Veterans Parkway that has plenty of capacity out there um, so that's really where I think we have to to go through and and um, and talk about You know how one area of the city affects another area and you know should that um should one capacity issue in one area shut down the capacity in another area
0: so with that being uh, on our table this morning uh, you mentioned the highway 99 that includes a lot of those uh, retail uh, developments where Costco is. It also includes uh, the neighborhood that's being considered yeah. right there next to that.
1: Well, all those have been taken in account are taken in, into account. But I mean, here's the thing, Bart: your commercial users, so your Costco, those are very uh, low use sewer users. You know, commercials. Are. Yeah, the commercial commercial, um, you know, commercial businesses or strip center businesses i mean those are are historically one of your lower types of business that, that uses sewer i mean they just don't use a lot of it um so is it washing clothes and stuff like that, taking baths well, yeah I uses mean, yeah sewer? i mean well i mean it's everything i mean it's you know it's your using the restroom it's every time you flush the toilet it's you know if you've got a large development that you have you know the average house has two and a half toilets then you know that's Depend how many people live there. So they're all things you have to take into account. But, I mean, this is not something that's new to Murfreesboro. I mean, like, for example, at Joby Jackson Parkway, for years we've had to be able to say this is all the, uh, the capacity or this is all of this resource we have. So if we had a commercial user or an industrial user that came out there and they were what's called a wet user, so they used a lot of water and there's a lot of water that has to be processed – Well, we would have to say, look, we just don't have the capacity to be able to do that. Because if we give you all of that capacity, then, you know, we're hurting whoever may want to come here five years from now. So those are the things that that we'll be talking about. about. I mean, it's not a very – it's like solid waste. You know, we're we're, we're having all the discussions on solid waste right now. Um, They're just not sexy issues. I mean, it's – you know, you're not going to see us – on fox news talking about or cnn or cnbc talking about wastewater disposal or solid waste so but i would argue that those topics greatly affect residents than some of the things you see on the national level i mean we're talking about quality of life and things that people see you know every single day
0: Tell you what let's do. Let's pause, check on the traffic and weather. When we come back, uh, an issue that was on the wake-up crew this morning uh, was U-Haul proclaiming this area, Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, as the area where more people are moving to. Uh, They're moving away from California and up north. They're moving into this area, and they specifically mentioned Murfreesboro. In fact, they're building another U-Haul place here to take the capacity, one in Smyrna, uh, it's, it's going to create some more issues.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: We'll be right back. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com.
1: As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at demasfamilykitchen.com.
0: Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den. Music World now is the dealer for Ernie Ball Sterling Guitars and Basses. This is a great new line of guitars and basses, and it's a fantastic complement to our Taylor Acoustics and our Paul Reed Smith Electrics. We've also got ESP LTDs, which are a fantastic line of guitars. This is Dave Kivenemme at Music World and Drummer's Den on South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course.
1: Good morning. Traffic still holding up right now as we check it out live here on 24 coming inbound. Westbound traffic there up by 840, uh, making your way towards Davidson County. We saw some radar earlier over in sections of 840 this morning over in the Williamson County. Be careful. Check out the Andre Chicken Sandwich, now available at Princess Hot Chicken, 5814 Nolensville Pie. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Skies become mostly sunnier for this afternoon with a high in the upper 40s, winds out of the southwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone here 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 20.
0: Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County. But will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. We're loud, we're proud, we're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Welcome back. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland with us this morning. I don't know where Don went.
1: Here <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, he's back there in the back.
0: We've got a phone call. Let's uh, go to the phones. Our number is 615-893-1450. And you're on WGNS with Mayor McFarland. How are you today? Hello, I'm
1: man. very well, thank you. Good. Glad Good morning. To Good morning, Mayor. I have a question for Mayor. Yes, well, ma'am. Who is your father? Who is your father? My dad is Lee McFarlane, so I'm uh, originally from Montevallo, Tennessee. All right. Are you any relations to uh, uh, Ben McFarland? No, ma'am. Um, they spell Judge Judge Ben Hall spells his last name L-I-N, and I'm L-A-N-D, but. He and I ran, have run in campaign, or you know, run in elections where we've been the same, you know, on the same election. And so, finally, a lot of times it was much easier to just say, "Yeah, Ben Hall and Miss Brenda. They think that they're they're my mom and dad." So, uh, no, ma'am, but they're uh, you can't find better people. All righty then. I thank you so much and happy new year. Happy new year.
0: Thanks for calling. Our number is six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. In some of these areas that uh, you you were talking about, the water sewer basins, uh, with the Multi-property, uh, uh, multi-level, uh, yeah. where a lot of people live in one And, and with Nashville having that dramatic yes. tax increase, it's pushing people this way. Uh, plus, we're seeing it already pushing people this way. Uh, where? How are we going to make that work?
1: That's, that's the issue. You know, 15, 20 years ago, people would drive from Nashville to Rutherford County because... You know, you—that's what was considered affordable because you couldn't afford to live in 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 Nashville. You know, so you had twenty years ago, you had the ninety-nine thousand dollar homes in Evergreen Farms, or you had, um, you know, Mister Jones was building homes out in Midland that you you know you could get seventy-nine thousand dollar homes. So you didn't have this affordability issue. Well, now as so many people have pushed this way, and things are so expensive to build now. I mean, your average home in Murfreesboro, your new single family home is, you know, $350,000. And so what you're seeing now, and I think it's something that's just the new the new normal is that, you know, an affordable single family home is, unless you're going into a sub, you know, an area like Mitchell Nielsen or, you know, where we live in some of the older areas of Murfreesboro that people are going in and buying homes and fixing them up, and so you're seeing that happen more and more now, but... You know, affordability has turned into driving out further away. And, you know, you're having to to drive further away to be able to get the price down. So that means, you know, Coffee County and Bedford County and um, Cannon County. And, I mean, you're really seeing that now more of urban sprawl as you go out into those areas. And that's people are not um, minding to drive 25 to 30 minutes to be able to save you know, a hundred thousand dollars on their on their home prices. I mean, affordability in Murfreesboro has really now Bart gotten to be where it's a it's a town home now. Except for certain areas in the Gateway, this is just my opinion. You know, I think we we've got a lot of multifamily apartments that are zoned already that are not built, and I think that's some one of the things as the Planning Commission and the Council we really need to determine. And this is what staff had sent to us. We really need to determine, you know, how do we want to see Murfreesboro grow? Do we want more single family? Do we want more townhomes? Do we want more apartments? You know, what type of commercial do we want? And that's really some of the things that, you know, we're going to talk about.
0: Now, if they have uh, approval to build this and they've been sitting on it for a few years, uh, you don't forget about it. You can't forget about it. Is is that still do they still have the green light to build
1: well i mean the capacity is going to be different you know you may you may be approved for 16 units an acre um, by your zoning but your capacity is going to dictate how many units you can put on a piece of property because i mean you could be approved to build 30 units per acre on i'm just throwing that number out there but you could be able to build an indefinite amount of of units but if you can't provide fire protection or you can't provide infrastructure then i mean that's a that's a different um discussion but as a city we have to look at what has been approved what was approved 20 years ago and we have to be able to account and we have to plan for that so that's you know that's something that's a discussion so i mean that's we're you know but we're having the same discussion right now on the landfill um you know the landfill to determine what's you know what's going to happen over over the next you know five to to ten years
0: And, of course, we're playing with a figure we don't really know about because as the population dramatically increases, uh, that landfill is going to fill up more quickly.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, we have, as a council, we have had a lot of discussion over the last four or five months, um, you know, with the smell at the landfill and, and what's been going on out there. We've, you know, the city has invested a significant amount of money because, you know, there was a thought. Well, it's a it's a sewer issue. You know, your sewer is stinking, and so we we've bought all of these hydrogen sulfate uh, sulfide monitors to be able to put in our pump stations to monitor those and actually get the data. We actually put four more at the landfill, and we put them in strategic areas um, north, south, east, and west. And then we monitored on days that the wind blows, and that we got complaint complaints these sulfide monitors would would detect and so what we clearly saw i mean it is i'm not going to say that there are times around pumps that you may smell a pump for a small amount of time but we've gone and done our due diligence above and beyond systematically in using data information not conjecture that there are certain times when the landfill doesn't get covered out there we have a low cloud ceiling or we have a misty day and the wind blows, those monitors are just peaking. And so those are discussions I think we've got to have not only with, you know, the city council but with the county commission as we go moving forward that, you know, do we do we want to be known across Murfreesboro as, hey, that's a great place to live, but it sure does stink in Murfreesboro.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it's not always the landfill, I'm wondering. Uh, the water treatment plant over on Blanton Drive, for years, uh, if the wind is right, that whole area over there, you can, you can notice something different is in the air.
1: Yeah, that's that was before we did the sewer treat. You know, we did four or five years ago. We did the forty million dollar enhancement. But, you know, I, I I like to say this. You know, Mayor Bragg lived on Riverview Drive, or is it River Bend, River Bend Drive for for years, which backed up to the water sewer treatment plant. And I guarantee, if there had been an issue. A major issue back there, council members would, have, heard. would
0: have known it. We, we would have known, yeah, it would
1: have been noted. So, you know, I'm not going to say there's not times as a growing city that you've got things that, you know, may have something break or, you know, so yeah, there are always issues, but I also don't think it takes a rocket scientist to know that. You know, my house is three and a half miles away from um, the landfill, and on a on a misty morning, when I open my front door to let the dog out, and I'm knocked down by smell, it's not sewer. I mean, it's the landfill. And so, those are things I think we're we're as we talk about you know what direction to go next, we we have to consider those options.
0: Well, will this be one of the main topics today at the workshop?
1: Yeah, today the topic is just going to be you know how we're going to plan moving. F- well, we're we're going to be briefed on our mid-year financials which look um look really good from you know we're we're almost at our six month mark now through um through our budget um so we're going to look at our mid-year financials we're going to look at moving forward what the last year of our sewer ordinance what that really brought and then you know wrapping that up into what direction does the planning commission and the city council uh want to see you know moving forward
0: Okay. Uh, we have a listener who has a question for us, and this one probably doesn't deal with anything uh, that you're going to have on the, on the map today at the workshop, but this one deals with education, and they were listening this morning uh, when Greenhouse Ministries was on, and they said that the governor had mentioned something about having a better reading program for area youth and one of the things that Greenhouse uh, was thinking about was having something similar to the old one-room schools where the students would yeah. interact with each other. Uh, is and, and they're working right now with the Murfreesboro City Schools in a brainstorming session oh, cool. for that. Uh, give us some of your thoughts about that. Uh, have you're pretty much always in contact with the governor on on these issues? You know,
1: I haven't. I haven't heard anything um, about that specific um, program, but you know, I, Bart, it goes without saying that you look at. I remember, you know, when we were talking about with our our boys that when you look at the the statistics of. Parents um, who read with their kids at an early age, and getting that mentality set to where you know this is how you learn. I mean, I tell kids when I speak to them at schools. I mean, that's the, probably the one of the things I miss the most with with COVID is I've not been able to go speak to to all the kids. And you know, usually this time of year, I mean, I'm I'm in a school if not every other day, at least a school a week, and. Something that, you know, you tell those kids and you continually um, pound into their brain is you have to be able to read and to educate yourself. I mean, I think as a council member, you know, our agendas routinely can be three or four hundred pages, and I'm not going to say that, you know, there 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 is some extraneous information that's in those, um, those council packets that may just be filler material, but, I mean... You have to be able to process a lot of information and um, anything that we can do as a community. I mean, you look at what we did with the Community Technology Center, the CTC, that um, the library board and Murfreesboro built over by Hobgood. You look at what the library is trying to do right now, which, you know, they're having a a tough time right now um, with with COVID. Um, I mean, anything you can do to educate your citizenry, that's a that's a big deal.
0: And so the COVID continues to be a, an issue for us. With the other areas, uh, the land use planning, uh, what kind of a uh, – what are you going to be working – tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the land use portion is to really be able to say, okay, what areas of Murphy spread do we want to see growth? I mean, for example, Bart, do we want to grow out Halls Hill Pike? Is that an area we want to grow? I mean, do we want to continue growing out Shores Road and out Veterans Parkway, Burnt Road, Baker Road, Blackman Road, you know, what areas do we want to really see hey, this is where we should be promoting the growth of the city because we have infrastructure there. We have, you know, the ability to partner with developers to, to improve the infrastructure. And that's I mean when you're when you, you, you're looking at land planning, you're really looking at and I wish we would have done this 25 30 years ago but you're really looking at okay let's let's have a plan in place and we did that with the 2035 plan um the land plan that we had was was not really as good as what we we wanted that to be so we're we're having that discussion again but to really look at you know uh, Leanna Swamp Road is that an area where we see that as a place that that at some point will be inside the city you know and that's really Coming up with your plan on you know where you see annexation occurring, where you see if somebody comes in and says, I'd like my property b- to be brought in the city, that we can easily say, well, yeah, that is an area that we want to see growth inside of Murfreesboro, as opposed to, well, yeah, we can service that, so sure, come on in. And that-
0: well, let me ask you about the Leanna Road. Now, mm-hmm. That's a good example that you brought up there because uh, when you take Cherry Lane on over to I-840, you're going to have some parts of that roadway that uh, are going to put county land in an island, sure so to speak. You'll have city all around it. Yeah. Uh, is that logical to leave it that
1: well, way? Well, you know that the annexation laws changed because if you remember, for example, Deerfield that um, is out in um, the behind the Sam's that subdivision that's right there by the interstate. It's completely surrounded by the city. I mean, that, no one can argue that that subdivision is not in the city. But if you remember um, that subdivision, we annexed that subdivision and they sued saying they didn't want to be annexed and And so th- that suit went through and the annexation didn't occur. Now I, I find it, it was funny that at that same time, like an example is um, a house caught on fire and the gentleman was on the news saying he didn't understand why the city didn't get there quicker to put his house out, you know, put his fire out when at the same time years before he didn't want the city to annex them so i mean there's things that come with annexation sure you have to pay taxes but you also get you know fire services police services all these different things so that's really what we have to look at is is you know a good examples when cherry lane comes in you're going to have basically all that property that fronts thompson lane like Northborough, some of those subdivisions that will all be sort of an island inside the city uh, now m- my gut feeling is that we don't ever like to annex people who don't want to be annexed in the city. Um, but it's hard to say that those places are not not inside the city.
0: So the persons who live there have to request. Correct. And, and do yeah, the, they have the, to bring it up to a certain standard? Do they have to change anything?
1: No, no. Um, now, I mean, you, we wouldn't want to go in and, for example, in North Borough and just annex one house. I mean, we're not going to do that. Um, it, it would make no sense for the city to just provide trash service to one house. So, I mean, typically, in, in with I, I can count on one hand the number of times that I've been on council that we've had what's called forced annexation. And typically that was back in the early 2000s when you had the whole west side of town that was developing so fast. And, you know, the, the state law said you cannot have a donut inside the city. In other words, you can't have that area inside the city that is surrounded. You legally had to bring them in. And so then when we brought someone in, um, because you can imagine if you've got an an island inside the city, your emergency service providers don't know who services it. It's so hard to be able to say, okay, well, this is a county, the county provides fire service, not the city. That's a county sheriff's department issue. That's not a Murfreesboro City issue. So there are all of these issues, Um, but there's no forced annexations. I mean, I can't. In the last 10 years, I can't remember a forced annexation that we've had. In other words, forced annexation is where you're annexing someone that they didn't ask for it.
0: Here's another question from a listener, and they're saying, Growth is good for our community, but is there any plan to stay on top of uh, refurbished memorial and broad? Uh, It needs to be addressed as we go.
1: Yes, so broad and memorial. We had, a th- um, in our capital improvement plan or borrowing that we had the other, um, the other night on talking about that, there was, and I was surprised, there was a widening of a portion of Broad Street. Now, we can't forget that Broad Street and Memorial are state roads. So, you know, the city of Murfreesboro I just can't say, hey, we want to widen those roads. I mean, we have to go through a process to be able to do that. But I think you're going to see, I, I, I do think, you know, one of the biggest gateways into our city is Broad Street. And it's a spider web of um, of utility wires and lines because that's the way that it was developed in the seventies and in the sixties and seventies, or for that matter, in the fifties. Um, so that that's discussion as we move forward on any time that we can upgrade. You know, mem- like for Memorial, I think a big cha- uh, something that needs to happen is the widening of Memorial or two thirty one from thompson lane out to cherry uh to ch- where cherry lane is going to be uh so those are all things that we're we're working on and talking about
0: uh here's another listener who's commenting on uh, broad street they're asking uh, that they said that they can be driving down broad and all of a sudden the left-hand traffic lane will suddenly stop because somebody is wanting to cross over and go the other direction is there any way to make turn lanes on Broad in the center uh, and avoid that stoppage of traffic that they've seen so many accidents caused by
1: that. At some point, I think you probably could. The issue with Broad Street right now is a lot of those center areas are used for drainage. So, ah, so back
0: to drainage. Okay, so it,
1: you know it's a catch twenty two, and then you also have all of your utilities that are in or in a portion of those. So I, I mean, I think at some point, I think it would be great to see Broad Street completely redeveloped, similar to what Memorial and Old Fort Parkway, you know, are. Um, but there's a lot of things that come into play on that because, you know, back forty years ago. Um, everyone allowed it was just part of planning everyone allowed you to pull directly off of broad street into your parking lot you know so think about the bowling alley you pull straight off of, there's no turning lane. you pull straight off of broad street into the parking lot and there's a ton of businesses that are on broad street that don't give you the opportunity to be able to have ingress and egress into their businesses
0: here's another question it says what about the redevelopment of old buildings on memorial and broad like tax incentives that the downtown area has had
1: we've talked about that now you have to do that in in a much larger context you just can't do that for one you know piece of property that's why you know we've talked about we did that for the one one college street but you know i think that that's a great question that we have to be able no one wants to go and invest in an area that they don't think that they're going to get a good return on. Or, In other words, you know, it's like going and buying a home in a neighborhood. You're not going and buying a home in a neighborhood that you think is going to be less than what you paid for it in 10 years. It's the same way with commercial properties. You want to go in an area that you know is sort of on a rising tide. And I think that's where part of us as a government, we come into play to being able to give those incentives to help with that. So, you know, something I'm all for is if a small business wants to improve their property in an area that we deem is an opportunity area, that they should be able to get some incentive to do that and not just your larger companies. Um, so I definitely think that's something we'll, you know, we'll we'll talk about and, and hopefully address.
0: Here's another question. A listener's asking for an update on the development
1: of uh, Cherry Lane going to 840. Yeah, we have, again, this year, over the last two years, we've expended – Funds to be able to start that process. If I had to guess, we're probably three or four years out before that road is built and ready to use. I mean, it it just we're going through right away acquisition. We're going through all the planning. So, I mean, I wish if the city council would agree to it, and, and I think we've all put a priority on it. I wish we could have it done, you know, in the next year. But it just it's that's a that's a big road. I mean, so you know, like Veterans Parkway and Rutherford Boulevard, those are all. Collector roads that we've um, we've done.
0: Okay, we've suddenly gotten quite a few more questions. Right. <laughs> uh, I used to be a developer, and I'm retired now. Tried to develop out John Bragg Highway. They said the sewage would not handle it. Since then, Walmart uh, has built uh, there. Apartments are there. Uh, it's discouraging expanding out Old John Bragg Highway toward Woodbury.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's one of the areas. Um, now, Walmart may be a different story just because the users on those on those commercial, like we talked about, are so much less intense. But anyone who goes out in that area, you know, there's a lot of property on that area. They have to have their own sewer collection deal. You're seeing a lot of people who are going out there building step systems, so they're alternate sewer collection systems but if you see anything develop out that way they're going to be on on step systems not city sewer
0: here's another question when is the thompson lane project scheduled to start
1: you know that's a state road i i would it, it bart it took us and this isn't no one's fault i mean it's just it takes this long i mean it took us almost 11 12 years to get highway 99 going so You know, if we saw Thompson Lane, they they staked it the other, you know, this past last year, and they were working on all the right-of-way acquisition, uh, the state was. So, I mean, best-case scenario, to see that that widen, I think, from Memorial all the way to Broad Street, uh, if that were done in the next 10 years, I would say that would be a win. I mean, that's going to be a long, painful project.
0: As you look at some of the things that are needed right now and some of the things that might uh, be mentioned at today's workshop, what do you think is number one priority for Murfreesboro at this time?
1: You know, I routinely will say that I don't think we get to say, it's probably like you, Bart, as a small business owner, the moment that you just focus on one thing, you let three or four other things go. Um, I think we continually want to make sure that we're working on our transportation projects. I mean, that that's that's one of our top priorities is making sure that we're looking at better ways to be able to get people from point a to point b without having to go to the, le- the major intersections and then our um our you know our second thing with what's happening in in the world of covid now it's trying to reinvent the way the city does business to be able to provide the same services that we have provided but we're having to do it in a different way and that includes our education system you will finding better ways. I I don't think we want to look back 10 years from now and say that if you were someone who graduated in 2020 or if you were a child who was in school in 2020 that you ended up getting behind because you couldn't learn. And and I'm afraid that if we don't make sure that we're tackling that and we get these our, our kids back in school and doing the things that they need to have, you're going to be you're going to be greatening this gap of those who had access to education and those who haven't you know because we all have not had this you know same families I mean we're some parents are, are much more diligent with educating their kids than others are but that kid who who doesn't have the parent who's helping them shouldn't um, be materially punished because they can't get to school and that's something i think we're you know we're, we're we're very cognizant of.
0: We have time for one more question, and this one is: What is the finish date for Highway 99? I'm guessing they're talking about the new Salem Highway in that it looks, inside the yeah, city. Yeah, it
1: looks like it's going to be um, early to mid-summer when it's done this year. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I say I say that with a smile s- on your face with some disdain.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, we have about a minute left. Any final thoughts you want to share with our community?
1: No, Bart, I I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I did a, a Facebook thing the other night with LaShan Dixon, the Interim County Health Director, and Chris Clark, and really how hard that our county officials and our, our, our county frontline people, our, our city frontline people, police and fire department, you know, all of our municipalities, Smyrna, Laverne, Eagleville – how hard that they've been working to roll out this vaccination process when you know the goal post gets moved and to no one's fault i mean that's just something everyone's dealing with and um i think it's going to be something that we all look back and we're proud with how we've all rallied together and you know made it as, as best we can through um this this post life or, or, or life of covid and hopefully the post life of covid
0: Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland visiting with us today on WGNS Murfreesboro. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day.